This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device, subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. This is part two of our uh, not entirely safe for the kids exploration of the uh, theories behind witches and broomsticks. Get ye to a nunnery, for ye have been corrupted by the filth put forth in these uh, these episodes. No, it's not filth, but it gets a little blue. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it's really pretty educational and uh, super Halloweeny. So let's hop right in. Let's go. Despite the great work uh, that researchers have done in in investigating this theory, we have to be completely honest. Not everyone agrees with it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still a lot of debate. No, it's true, Ben. There's some holes in this story, and we've talked about it too. Like. The timing is a little off mm-hmm. uh, in order for it to really work quite right. Um, basically, let's just 
boil it down to this. There are a lot of social psychologists that think that much more to blame than some kind of trip or some kind of, you know, psychedelic experience was the kind of stuff that you see play out in the movie The Witch, which is, again, phenomenal. The idea of this isolation, this social and political unrest, and this sense of um, these young women felt powerless and they needed to exercise some power of their own and, and lash out against this very oppressive, you know, highly evangelical religious culture that was sort of keeping them down. That's my hot take. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think more people would agree with that. You know, ergotism is truthfully considered uh, a fringe theory mm -hmm. in, in most circles. Uh, you know, most historians don't agree with it. Uh, a lot of sociologists, as you said, point to other uh, more compelling factors that could lead to the same result, which is, again, the death of all those people accused of witchcraft. And a lot of people in the sciences have cited uh, this landmark paper, the first one arguing ergotism, but there are a lot of people who still say that she's not even onto anything, she's just plain wrong, and uh, it goes back to what you said earlier, a lot of these symptoms, while they may appear to match in part the symptoms of ergotism, or St. Anthony's fire, they don't match it close enough for that to be a, a definitive answer. So when we get down to like the brass tacks or the brass rye of it, we don't have any way to do a forensic examination of the bread people were consuming. We don't, no one saved a 300-year-old piece of bread. It's, it's gone. And that's why we still don't know what set off those witch trials in Salem. But... We know ergotism is not restricted to the Salem case of witchcraft, or I should say the ergotism theory. Uh, this is where we get into a little bit of sociocultural examination of the infamous witch's broomstick, right? Uh, I don't know. It, it's one of those things. It's weird what we accept when we're children growing up, because if None of us had ever heard about witches and broomsticks until we were like in our 20s. We would have thought it was weird and ridiculous, you know? Like I didn't hear about Baba Yaga till later in life. And I was like, yeah, it's weird to have a house on chicken legs. But when you're a kid, that's just what witches do, you know? And uh, according to, again, that Atlas Obscure article we referenced earlier, uh, according to that article, uh, the broom has a lot of sexual symbolism to it, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, let's not forget, too, like in the way that uh, history is often kind of bastardized and manipulated, um, the, the true image of a witch riding a broomstick, not the one we think of with the witch black clad and some kind of robe with a peaked hat and riding the, the broomstick with the bristles facing backwards uh, and wearing some pointy shoes or something, that's not really the image that we would have been associating with this at the time. It would have been a uh, usually young, kind of uh, buxom, nude woman riding the broomstick backwards. Uh, what we would think of the bristles facing forward backwards of what we would typically think. And the idea that these hallucinogenic compounds were ingested as some sort of flying uh, potion was a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So 
the broom was sort of seen as a symbol of domesticity, uh, specifically what they would call female domesticity, but it was also phallic, which means it calls to mind a penis. So riding on a broom was a symbol of female sexuality, uh, and then it meant or it implied in a weird symbolic way that femininity and domesticity, which are fun to say quickly, had gone wild. Which has gone wild. Cheapest joke we're going to make today. Uh, and it, it's weird because I didn't know this. Gabe actually hipped me to this. The first known reference to witches flying on broomsticks at all was confessed by a suspected warlock. Mm. Uh, a male witch, one Guillaume Edelin of uh, uh, an area near Paris. He was being tortured in 1453, and he was like, we, you know, it's true, I fly in the air. And we're like, what, how? How does the devil help you fly in the air? And he's like, I, I don't know, a broom, stop burning me. That's a paraphrase. Uh, but you are right. Uh, people were drawing this idea of flying in brooms out of rich historical folkloric soil because there used to be these pagan fertility rituals people would celebrate where you would use pitchforks, brooms, anything phallic, really, any old pole would do. Right. And then you would pilot these kind of through the fields and people would jump as high as they could uh, while this was happening because they were trying to get the crops to grow as high as they could jump, right? Uh, and this is uh, depicted in a book published in 1584 uh, by a guy named Reginald Scott called The Discovery of Witchcraft. As these magical assemblies, the witches never failed to dance, and in their dance, they sing these words. Ha, ha, divel, divel, dance here, dance here, plail here, plail here, Sabbath, Sabbath. And whilst they sing and dance, ever one hath a broom in her hand, and holdeth it aloft. That's sort of my German, like, scholar voice from 1584. Yeah. Uh, not that he was necessarily German. I did my best. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. There's a word. What is plail? Play. It's P-L-A-I-E. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is. Of course it is. I, I, I missed that. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leave it in. Leave it in. No. So it, th th this, yeah. this, uh, this gives us a lot in one little quote to unpack here, Ben. What are some of the themes that we've got represented here in this quote? Oh my gosh, phallic fertility symbols. Uh, first off, uh, then you got the brooms. Then you got the pagans, right? The non-Christian religions, and you got jumping into the air. Uh, Noel Casey, I would say all the pieces are there for a uh, cohesive story about a flying witch. That's the traditional like folkloric symbolism kind of argument of how symbols accrete and agglomerate throughout time. But now we now we're getting to the really racy part, which I think we've already set up pretty well. Racier than putting drugs up your butt with a broomstick? Well, that's the that's the racy part. That's, oh, tight. Okay, that's cool. where we're going. I, I was hoping yeah. we were going to get to revisit that because that's my favorite part so far. But yeah, the, this idea of of um, of this hallucinogenic salve being a flying uh, potion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you'll see descriptions of witches through arcane occult means 
creating a flying ointment or a witch's brew. And this is as this is like the magical part of the ritual or the process, right? Uh, and this this is so weird because we don't think about it this way, but the use of hallucinogenic substances uh, by people in religious contexts or spiritual contexts predates written history. It's not crazy to say that somewhere across the millennia, someone figured out how to do this. Uh, you know, you'll see experts point out that there are other readily available hallucinogenic plants in Europe at this time, henbane, nightshade, mandrake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even as far back as 1563, there are authors saying these are all hallucinogenic plants. They are all part of a witch's flying ointment, which doesn't make sense if you think about it, because that's kind of like saying if someone does one drug, they do them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I only snort cocaine, heroin, uh, what what are ether all all kind of mixed together? What's what's that really gross when you were obsessed with for a while? Fascinated by Jankum? Jankum? You were obsessed with Jankum. <laughs> I remember? was obsessed with Jankum. I don't you recall kept, this. You went to like uh, you you. I learned about it from you. Crocodile. It was crocodile. Is probably crocodile, crocodile is the. I was mad. okay. Maybe obsessed isn't really the right the right word, but crocodile is this improvised uh, opioid that like street kids in like Russia take, and and it's so it's made of like really nasty stuff. Like it's got an acidic quality to it that eventually, if you shoot it up enough, it uh, starts to turn you into a living zombie type situation and rot your skin. Yeah, right? and Jankum's made with like poop and stuff. If I'm not mistaken, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Casey on the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the Jinkum case. Oh, that's our Law and Order spinoff. Uh, so <laughs> please don't, Dick Wolf, if you're listening, we have way better ideas. Just, just hit us up online. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? Well, I think you know. 
Hmm. It's Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. (laughs) So don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online, and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, speaking of dick wolves, though, I got to say... Um, the- <laughs> There's another interesting book uh, that speaks to some of this stuff called uh, The Malleus Maleficarum uh, by Heinrich Kramer. And it, it came out in 1486, and it's actually considered a manual for uh, hunting witches. And it talks about how witches had this, like, need for, like, just stealing dudes' penises, and they could uh, make them invisible, or they could just straight up abscond with them without the dude being any wiser, and they would keep them. They would shrink them and keep them in tiny in jars as, like, pets. So they would have these familiars that were literally disembodied penises. Um, so this whole phallic fertility thing, kind of matriarchy vibe is, very, is a through line in a lot of this uh, lore. Yeah, yeah. And we do have accounts from this time where you see people under torture most of the time uh, confessing to using an ointment. Uh, There are multiple iterations of this. Uh, One of the most explicit comes from 1477 when one Antoine Rose, who was called the Witch of Savoy, uh, confessed under torture that The devil, whose name was Robinette, was a dark man who spoke in a hoarse voice, kissing Robinette's foot in homage. She would renounce God and the Christian faith, and then he, the devil, would put his mark on her on the little finger of her left hand, and then he gave her a stick 18 inches long and a pot of ointment. She would smear the ointment on the stick, put it between her legs, and say, Go! In the name of the devil, go! This is like 
this is juicy, salacious stuff to read if you're someone learning about this in the late 1400s. You know what I mean? Oh, I sure do. Um, yeah, and there's a pretty great quote from that Malleus Maleficarum book that I was referencing that sort of sums up a lot of the stuff about witchcraft, or at least in the mind of more of a puritanical lens. Quote, all witchcraft comes from carnal lust, which in women is insatiable. God, talk about victim blaming. Uh, for everybody who's wondering, uh, there's an episode of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know about grimoires that talks uh, talks a little more in depth about the Malus Maleficarum. Uh, it's, I think the translation is The Hammer of Witches. Is that right? It's, it's that for, is right. Mm -hmm. It's a book for inquisitors. I think that's correct. Yep. yep yes. Yep. And it's written seriously. It's it's meant to be a nonfiction depiction of what these uh, what these witches, as they were called, are actually doing, how to find them, how to, I mean, how to persecute them, basically. Uh, so one other question you have to have is, uh, why a broomstick? Why not some other household object? Why not a rake? Why aren't witches flying around on rakes or on scythes or, you know, uh, plows? Plows have handles, right, that are like broomsticks. Uh, it, it turns out that there are some explanations. One is that the herbs used in the preparation of these ointments would have been kept in a little broom-like bundle, something called a whisk, and it might have been boiled in oil that would release the active ingredients, almost like a sachet of tea or herbs. You know what I mean? Yeah, in a little piece of cheesecloth bound with a tiny little piece of string, and it just filters it through there and keeps you from getting big pieces of the stuff uh, mm -hmm. that you might, you know, choke on. Or exactly. But why were they naked? <laughs> there are so many images of the early images of witches uh, that were almost exclusively depicted as, like I said, often quite beautiful uh, naked women uh, riding these boom broomsticks. Um, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I, you know, we also, there is something in The Witch, uh, the Vivovich, um, the Eggers film, that these women appear naked as well and are often covering their bodies mm. in this salve. Uh, you're going to trip a lot harder if you put it all over or, you know, a bigger dose. So, uh, you know, and it's certainly got these kind of like empowerment themes and pagan kind of ritualistic themes. Uh, and so that would account for that. But it's interesting how the uh, image of the witch has been kind of sanitized and turned into sort of like a spooky Halloween thing. But uh, if you want to see what a real witch is like, check out the witch. Well, I would say if you want to see a, a horror film version of a real witch, because yeah. real, quote unquote, real witches were probably just people practicing longstanding, pre-existing non-Christian traditions. You of know? course. So I don't, I don't think they were monsters. Of course. My ex-wife uh, considers herself a witch. She actually just joined a coven and uh, does uh, kind of incantation-y crystal type stuff and, and chants and things. And it's very much a way of uh, life and of, of, of community. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't look down upon it at all. I think it's great. There's a, uh, is, is she Wiccan or? Uh, yeah, which, yeah it's that, that, that angle. More, mm -hmm. more, more that angle, more the white magic kind of side of it. Mm -hmm. It's about positivity and it's about, you know, um, they, they do some things that would allow them to kind of, you know, use astrology and such, but yeah, it is more the love white. it. Yeah. 
love it. You're not hurting anybody. It's important no. to have spiritual beliefs for a lot of people. It's a powerful mm -hmm. thing. Agree. And when we look back at these events uh, through the lens of modernity, it can seem kind of weird, you know, because we'd be like, well, what is this really? Is the argument here that, is it something like, how dare these people do drugs for fun and then pleasure themselves? I mean, like on the list of terrible things humans do, recreational hallucinogen use, uh, self-administered and then self-pleasured, I don't know, man. I mean, am I a bad person? They don't seem like terrible things to me. Uh, maybe the they were just seen as too empowering uh, to the patriarchal power structure at the time because it is kind of uh, a case of you, you could phrase it as a, an oppressed demographic uh, having empowerment over their own bodies to do with what, you know, what they wished at a time when uh, women were really had very few rights. But regardless of how you feel about this, the fact of the matter is that many people were tortured and killed because they did stuff like this, which is just so incredibly unfair. Uh, but I, I do like the pharmacological angle here, and we don't know if that can explain everything. You know what I mean? It's kind of like saying, what is the exact moment that the trident became uh, associated with the Christian devil uh, in, in place of like ancient, you know, Greco-Roman gods and stuff. Uh, uh, well, there, there may be an exact point for that. We need to find that in a future episode. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. You're listening to this podcast, so I know you care about history and what a period we're living through right now. Specifically, when it comes to the situation in Israel and Gaza. Right now, you're hearing a lot of loud voices screaming about genocide, massacre, and occupation. But these words, slogans, and various headlines are not enough to help you understand what is happening over there. And that's where this podcast comes in. Check out Unpacking Israeli History, catch up on previous seasons, and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week, where they cover many of the topics that are relevant to what's going on in Israel today. 
From the history of infamous terror groups like Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli history cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. So educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising, one with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. There you have it, man. Witches, brooms, drugs, and of course, yeah, caveat, caveat, cavalcade of asterisks. Not everyone agrees. Experts are still debating this. But the seeds of this idea, the morning glory seeds of this idea, (laughs) drug joke, uh, those remain with us in fiction and folklore today and and casey off mic uh you you teased and tantalized us just a little bit when uh we paused for something and then uh you you said there's a harry potter angle to this yes so around about the year 2000 mattel who manufactures all kinds of kids toys of course they had a harry potter tie-in deal for a broomstick toy for kids you know, millions of these toys have probably been manufactured over over the years. But the one that made this one distinct is that it vibrates when it's between your legs to simulate flying. Ooh. But you can kind of see where I'm going with this, right? Like a Hitachi wand kind of situation? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, back massager. Yeah. (laughs) So the reviews on Amazon from the period, uh, they've since taken the page down, but you can find it uh, archived on various blogs, are really funny. Like some, some are from legit parents and some are clearly people just having fun. But the one I see here is like in all bold, keep the batteries out. <laughs> and then, and then also, you know, there's there's ones that are like uh, obviously someone trying to be pretend to be like an aloof parent. That's like my daughter loves this toy. She just plays with it in her room like hours and hours and hours, and until oh the batteries run out and all this stuff. Um, oh my so heavens. I think I think I don't know what ended up happening with the toy if they recalled it or, or what happened. But um, yeah, it's just wow. it's interesting to me because I remember that story when it happened, and. I just thought it was kind of a funny accident, like the vibrating broomstick. They didn't really think it through. But if you think about like the history of witchcraft and and how it was perceived and how it always had this kind of sexual angle to it, it's fascinating that that tension kind of played out in like a contemporary way. Someone knew. I'm pretty sure that that's the, that's the very reason that Tickle Me Elmo is so damn popular, too. So <laughs> just put maybe not. I don't know. That's great, Casey. I love the Amazon reviews, especially. And so, no, you had uh, you had you had one more uh, 
One more ingredient to throw into the cauldron of this episode before we call it an All Hallows Eve, right? Oh, I just you know I, you just you just kind of rattled off lions and tigers and bear style what the episode was about, and I was just going to add butts and penises and jars. Ah, yes, yeah, that's all important. That's all. They're the real VIPs. I think mm-hmm. we can agree in, in today's episode. Uh, I feel like we learned a lot. Like this touches on so many strange, strange things like uh, social oppression, belief in witchcraft, magic, neurochemistry, weirdly enough. Like this is, this is kind of a, I was going to say Whitman sampler, but what about this is a Halloween trick or treat bag of, of weird knowledge nuggets. That sounds terrible. Help me out here. Well, how about, how about this real quick? Let's go around the room. Favorite and least favorite Halloween candy, Ben. Oh, um, hmm. Well, as you guys know, I don't really practice favorites. Uh, I do. I do think there are some insulting Halloween candies, like the wax orange and black taffy stuff, or the uh, wax lips. It's like you're going out of your way to be rude. Right. Just turn off your lights. All go right. watch. Go watch the witch, and don't give me this insulting candy giving people that candy is like giving someone a partially used gift certificate for their birthday it's true here's a 25 dollars gift certificate for bed bath and beyond uh i think it's got seven bucks maybe eight on there happy birthday bro yeah all right, I will accept that. That's great. That's ac- absolutely accurate. You'll accept it. Oh, I, thank no. you. Well, thank I, you. I, I am the arbiter of this uh, this Q and A. I refuse. You refuse. Your patriarchal. What? Uh, your patriarchal oh imperialism. It's not like that, Ben Casey. I'm gonna go something real basic. I'm just gonna say Tootsie Rolls. You like a Tootsie Roll? Oh, I like a Tootsie <gasps> Roll. They're plentiful. And uh, I used to just gorge myself on them and be very, very sick afterwards. You don't find they get stuck all up in all kinds of nether regions of your teeth? Nah. I mean, not not back when I was okay. a kid. You've got to know the know. technique. What's your, Casey, what's your stance on the, uh, the alternative flavor Tootsie Rolls? I'm just very interested. They're okay, but, you know, there's no substitute for the original. Prefer just the normal chocolate. Agreed. And, uh, as far as least favorite, just anything healthy, like. People giving out apples or whatever, mm-hmm. so, oh, without even worse. having razor blades in them. Yeah, which is yeah like, exactly. What holiday do you think this is? Exactly. Apple Day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, no, sorry. What, what What are yours, man? Oh my gosh, my I, my favorite is sort of a controversial pick. It is uh, almond joy, and I know for a lot of people Ooh. that is on people's trash candy list, but I just love it. I don't know why. Uh, how do you feel? You made a, a face, Casey. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Well, I like Sometimes the one with the nut. That's the almond joint. Mounds is the one with no nut. I like the nutted one. I got really into, uh, I can't remember why, but I got really into reading about the history of candy bars a couple of weeks ago. And I think we should do an episode on it, especially if you really call it, if you feel like really called to the almond joy. I think we could have a lot of fun with that one. Oh, yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, my least favorite is easily anything candy corn related or those horrible little waxy pumpkin things. Good call. Good call. Yeah. What a, you know, again, I feel like there's this entire industry of uh, candy that's made specifically for whatever the Halloween version of the Grinch is that people want to become. And they're out ruining these, like these kids work hard on these costumes. Their parents are walking around. Everybody's trying to have a good time, man. Don't, that wax, that that you guys know what I'm talking about. That oh, taffy. Yeah. Oh ah, god, 
Oh wait, actively unpleasant. The yeah. taffy. You mean like a laffy taffy situation, or no. something even inf- inferior to that? It, it's like peanut butter or some kind of it. It's a, it's abomination flavored. I guess okay. I would say. I mean, it just tastes like weird chemicals or something. Yeah, it's, it's very very just unpleasant. Got it. Got it. All right. All right. Well, I think we've all learned a little bit about uh, about each other today that we didn't know before. And. Uh, this concludes our uh, our two part exploration on the uh, the theoretical science behind the idea of witches on brooms uh, and and a million other things almond joys, Tootsie Rolls, abomination flavored candy, abomination flavored candy, imperialistic pedantic quizzetry. I didn't say pedantic. I said oh. imperialistic. I mean, I added, you know, I can add my own flavor here. Ben. Totally, yeah. We all have free wills here, despite what the witches might want. <laughs> or despite what the witch hunters might want. Also true, yeah. also true. So uh, with that, I think, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really vibing on this Halloween-related historical trend. Do you guys mm. want to keep doing this for uh, a few more episodes? I'm really vibing on this uh, Harry Potter broomstick toy. <laughs> right but absolutely do I want to do that thing. In the meantime, huge thanks to super producer Casey Pegram, as always, for his uh, ones and twosmanship. Um, big thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Christopher Hassiot is here in spirit. Jonathan Strickland, the notorious quizster. It's Halloween every day when he's around. Big, big thanks, of course, to Gabe, our uh, research North Star and uh, fellow Halloweener, which is a weird word. Uh, thanks as well to uh, Eve's Jeffcoat. Uh, thanks to all those uh, great folks of Halloween's past for giving out candy to, to kids and complimenting them on their costumes. Halloween's going to be a little bit different uh, this year, but let's let's keep the spirit the same. Spooky and fun and wonderful. We got this, folks. We'll see you next time. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by Discover. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. 
This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. 